It's time for Watch and Learn, the show where we discuss the life lessons we learn from the movies we watch. Today, Kung Pao, Enter the Fist. Hey, hey, movie maniacs. My name is Sky, and I'm here with my brother, Dusty. Now, Dust, I do not want to alarm you, but I had to go to the emergency room last week because my stomach plug fell out. <laughs> I was wrestling with Mason. He elbowed me in the gut. It fell right out. My wife didn't know how to put it back in, so she called the ambulance. I love I love that, and I love how in this movie... They, like the narrator just talks over the movie, like think the things that we're thinking is the same thing. I wonder if when they were making the movie after the fact, they're like, let's just throw some in some narration and make it funny because, hey, this is going to be funny and let's go and throw it in there. What do you think? I think that's what happened. I think Steve Odekirk is a really funny guy just in general. He knows his stuff and maybe he had ideas for that scene. But then out of nowhere, like, yeah, like you said, somebody said stomach plug. That's impossible. Let's throw that in as the narrator, you know, uh, and you're right about that. It's, it makes it so much more funny, man, when they kind of comment on the movie as the audience would kind of like in Deadpool when he does fourth wall breaking stuff. And he he says, hey, I know what you're thinking right now. It makes it more enjoyable for the audience. It sure does. It sure does. And like you're, you're when you, I watch it, I saw that plug come out. I'm like, that's not possible. And <laughs> you hear him literally say it too. Exactly. But it makes it so much more fun. And uh, speaking of Steve Odekirk, you know, he's the one who wrote and produced, created. He is the guy that plays Kung Pao. He's the main actor in the movie. And he did, Um, you know, he's written, he wrote Bruce Almighty originally. He wrote uh, Nutty Professor 2, The Clumps. And of course, he did Ace Ventura, When Nature Calls. And you and I love that movie. Absolutely. By far, um, uh, I, I, I found that Steve Odekirk in the movies that he makes, and I haven't seen, he has like thumb movies that I've never really seen. Have you seen any of his thumb movies? But I think he's a great comedic, uh, just uh, mind. Yeah. I think I saw shorts on YouTube, like little parts of them or something, you know? And what'd you think? Oh, they were funny. They were funny for sure. Okay. Cause it's just funny. And then you have, you know, the thumb people, thumb faces. And then you, in this one, you have the tongue. Yeah. Yay. It's really good. Oh man. And did you, you just now said, yeah, yeah. I mean, all those little voiceovers, I think he did 100% of the voiceovers and I just love, I just love the voiceover work in this movie. You know, characters just saying some of just the funniest stuff like, Oh, you're going to get it, mister. <laughs> and that's all Steve Odekirk and his humor, you know? <laughs> And I love the um, offsetting of the dog bark. The dog barks and all of a sudden, like, literally two seconds later, roof! That's so good. Totally, man. They just, they took the whole uh, dubbing aspect that you would see in movies. They just took it to the next funny level, right? Like that one time, like, when Wimp Lowe says, who is that? And then you see the one guy mouthing for, like, three seconds. And he said, I don't know. It's just the greatest <laughs> thing, man. Oh, man. Some comedy. Now, I can understand why a lot of people might not like this movie, but this is right up our alley. Both you and I, this is a perfect comedic movie for us. Oh, Melissa hated it. Like, she absolutely she couldn't watch any more of it like when the baby's doing front flips like he, the kids loved watching it they watched it with me and so seeing the baby do front flips and kicking it and peeing and all that sort of stuff that's slapstick that's just uh just it's no way it's gonna actually ever gonna happen we just know that but it's just funny seeing something like that happen kids loved it but yes this whole movie is just um it like you said breaking that fourth wall just like oh this is just um 
it's just funny. It's making fun of itself or making fun of the movie process and all that good stuff. I thought it was great. Yeah, man, it doesn't take itself too seriously. It's super corny, super cheesy, and you and I love that stuff. Denise doesn't like it. But I think, you know, my boys loved it too, and I think it's because maybe you and I, maybe we're more attached to our childhood mentalities. Maybe we're still children at heart, man, and we could just we just get this kind of stuff. Like, fart humor still makes me laugh. <laughs> I laugh at fart humor no matter what, man. Yeah, when you see the flashes back to him, go, big old fart. I just had to laugh. It was funny, and then when you hear Wimplo see, or he says to uh, what's the, the the girl's name? Ling. I see the way you look at him. I'm a man too, you know. I go pee pee standing up. <laughs> <laughs> That's so good stuff. So there are so many jokes. Like if you would count them, there's probably like 80 jokes in this 80 minute movie, right? A joke a minute at least. Now, I really think my absolute favorite joke, you you and I usually talk about our favorite scene. Favorite joke is when the woman at the very beginning picks up the baby after rolling down the hill. Oh, cute baby. And then she sends it on his way and keeps rolling go. down the hill. <laughs> This is one of the funniest things I've ever seen. I agree because they belabor the point of the baby going like it's literally like you start cringing. And I had to reassure the kids, it's a doll, kids. It's a doll because they were starting a little. I'm like because it, it keeps going like yeah. it's like at least a minute of the baby rolling down the hill. Yeah, and this movie does one thing really good a lot, and they repeat scenes over again. Like the yeah, you see the baby like the same scene three different times repeated over and over with kind of different sound effects, and it's so good. And you're right, the the whole idea that it keeps rolling and it just keeps like it's like whipping a dead horse over and over again. Eventually, it gets funny again, and that's what this movie <laughs> does like five times over throughout. You know, absolutely. It just it's it's at first you're like it's funny, then you're like okay, it's getting too long. Okay, well this is they're still going. Okay, this is getting funnier because they're still doing it. Like when they're actually beating him. When he says, okay, you guys, I'm going to test my skills. You guys keep beating me until I throw you off of me and ask for a towel or something like that. And they just keep doing it. Keep doing it. This is so good. It's hilarious, man. Another time was when he was running across the field towards Ling. And he he's getting closer and closer. And then all of a sudden he's further back again. And then going forward again. Yeah, they do it over and over again. I love those scenes. Yeah, yeah, Master Tang with his arm waving and like three different times, the same scene, just him, his arm as he's talking to, um, uh, what's uh, the chosen one? His arm. Yeah, it's so good. And Master, I, what I, I really like Tang, he goes, pay no attention to Whiplow. We purposely train him wrong as a joke. <laughs> when he's actually fighting the chosen one, he's all, how do you like this technique? It's nuts to your fist technique. <laughs> yeah, yep. and his squeaky shoes get me so, laughing every time. Not again with the squeaky shoes. <laughs> <laughs> For sure, man. There's so much in this movie. Like, And I, uh, I, the story itself is just kind of like, you know, he's the chosen one. Everyone wants to kill him. Uh, because he's the chosen one, he has martial arts skills from the beginning, and then they're always trying to attack him throughout his life. I, I really like, I, I don't know, there's something about, it It seems like a very simple story, right? He's the kind of guy, these bad guys want to kill him because he can defeat them. And I think because of the fact that, I can't think of, you know, there's plenty of other movies like this. The bad guys bring about their own demise because they're constantly going after the good guy, and it's their own fault because he gets, or I'm sorry, their attacks on him get him to fight back against them yeah <laughs> like he became a strong martial artist because they're constantly trying to kill him his whole life you know if they just left him alone he'd probably be a bum out on the street you know 
Well, I, I, I get that, but why do they have the baby fight scene where he actually beats up Master Betty? Oh, just for the humor. Oh, uh, no, I get that. So, oh, yeah. But that, that leans into because he was such uh, from the very beginning that's why he's the chosen one is because he has the ability to kick butt and so he's always had that ability and he always will have that ability i see i see but if he never gets to exercise it he would never get even better at it you know so it's their own fault for turning him into a stronger chosen one i think that is you know just like having the name neo like neo one it's the same thing it's synonymous and People just come after you. Just it's just gonna happen. So it's you can't get around it. Even if you log yourself in a box, you're still gonna have people come after you. Yeah, I agree with you there. My name is Sky. I don't know if people come after me for the name of Sky. <laughs> probably, <laughs> you know? probably not. Uh, but yeah, so I wanted to bring up the name Betty for a guy. I thought when I heard that, call me Betty, and he makes all these weird noises out of it. It's so. I was like, how in the world does he name himself Betty? But he does. He's like, isn't that a woman's name? <laughs> yeah, it's so funny. I mean, I wonder if the reason for that came from because he wanted to use Black Betty in the movie. Because that is such a good song. That is. Oh, now, not, I, not the version in the movie. The version in the movie is a little, like, techno-y or 90s rocky. I don't know exactly how to explain it. But if you listen to the old, and I'm going to put this in the show notes, Dust. There is a video by Ram Jam the original guys who did Black Betty. Great video, great song. It super rocks hard. And and my guess is they kind of redid the song for the movie because they didn't want to pay the $10,000 rights or whatever it is for Black Betty. But maybe that's what it was. They He wanted to use that song and how can we use it and this is how. That's a good point. Now, did you actually like the video? The video was pretty rough, but the song is awesome. No, I love the video because... It just it just shows these guys in the 70s hanging out in the backyard on a motorcycle with girls around. They're playing their songs. You see the bass player rocking out like it's like it's the greatest thing in the world. It <laughs> kind of makes me laugh at the, you know, it laugh I I'm laughing with them, I guess I should say, not at them. <laughs> I I get it. I get it. But the, yeah, the song is terrific. That's the first time I ever heard that song, uh, Black Betty, and obviously from Ram Jam. And I've heard people have since then made remakes of it. But yeah, that is a fantastic, fantastic song that I, when I'm working out, I put that like that's in my my list of workout songs in the playlist. Oh, for sure it is. And I actually uh, got the song uh, in iTunes. And you know how I've told you before, I don't know if I've mentioned it on the podcast, but occasionally while I'm working, I'll put a song on repeat, a song that I love on repeat. And it kind of helps me focus in and zero in on what I'm trying to do. And Black Betty is one of those songs that occasionally I'll put on repeat. Oh, nice. Yeah. And it works <laughs> was, for me. That was a pretty active song. Like uh, for, for doing any work, it'd be kind of hard for me to listen to it. Like, it is active, over over but again. when you put yeah. it on repeat and you hear it, it's like the fifth or sixth time you're 10 or 15 minutes into your working, you know, online working session, um, you kind of tune it out. But at the same time, it helps you ignore everything else and you're focusing on your work. It's kind of weird how repeat songs like that works for the mind. Yeah. Yeah. So thinking of product placement, I didn't see... The Neosporin, but I remember the song. Na, 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 Neo. <laughs> Sporin. That's so funny. I wonder if he did get money from Taco Bell and Neosporin for those spots. They would, like, they had to make it work, and they did. And he's just walking down the courtyard, and everybody sings with him. I was, man, it's it's so, so good. And using, because we've all seen, or when I would say, you and I have seen the old kung fu movies that were made back then, and just, 
like when Master Tang is walking around, all of a sudden just starts choking out of nowhere a couple times. They put a moth flying in his mouth and makes him you know just choke out of nowhere i was like that's brilliant it is brilliant man and they did so many things like that throughout the movie and i really like a lot of the reaction shots right like when you show uh, uh master tank says and then he killed the dog and then you see the look on the guy's face like he was farting it's so perfect <laughs> and then when he's seeing and you know um put on the glove where's my glove going and then you see um the chosen one and then Wimplo with their faces like kind of like wincing like it's perfect reaction shots to the jokes that steve odekirk is making absolutely i i honestly well let me ask you who is your favorite character in the movie uh oh master tank Oh, really? Yeah. That's a good one. Are you going to say Betty? No. Oh. Wimplo. <laughs> Wimplo is awesome. And one of the things he says is, I rock and roll all day long, sweet Susie. That's yeah. the way he says That's it. That's a good so. one. And during the intermission, he goes, my nipples look like milk duds. They look like milk duds. <laughs> yeah. That is such good now, stuff, man. Now, anybody that hasn't seen the movie that's listening to us quote these things, you're not going to get it unless you actually see the – because the way that they do it – because it, basically what it comes down – we probably should have started with this. But the movie is – and it even says it in the very opening credits. It says that this was taken – this movie was taken parts from the – I can't remember, like like uh, Crouching – no, it's not Crouching, but it's like hit, Tiger Fist palm something like it's a it's a kung fu movie back in 1976 so they took that movie took clips of it input steve odekirk in there and added their own other scenes in it to make it look like just be really really hilarious so they basically took scenes out of old movie put it with this new one and even had like scenes where there were old ones but they had they did a good job making it look like steve odekirk was actually in the movie so they did a really good job and so all that combined with all this funny stuff and they're doing this voiceover so it's like the dubbing the voiceover so it looks like the, an old chinese movie with the voiceover in english all that combined like everything of that combines into this being a hilarious hilarious movie yeah it is such a great concept for a movie taking a 1970s uh just uh, maybe at the time maybe it wasn't awesome you know you know how when you and i were growing up we grew up basically through the 80s on sundays there were the old uh martial arts movies on tv you know with the crazy dubbing and stuff and it's just such a good idea so creative taking it and splicing it with your own filming to make a whole new movie you know yes absolutely i love and the fact that he did this I remember when we were younger, I think we were probably, because that's when videos were really, or being able to record easily was coming out. Like, I think we were probably like 20 something. We started creating our own little videos and movies and stuff like that because it was just fun. We grew up watching movies. Now we're not cinematography you know, experts or directors or anything like that. We just had fun making some videos. And I just thinking that if we did something like that, it, it would be a movie like this, like being able just to splice in things like that is just great. It is, it is, man. But it really takes a comedic genius, I think, to pull it off like he did. I could imagine if I tried to do this, I would create just the most boring, uninspired, <laughs> not funny movie. But but Steve Odekirk nailed it with this one. He sure did. Now, let me ask you, if you were, a, well, obviously, you know, Steve Odekirk, he's been around for a little while, did Ace Ventura 2 and all that good stuff. Um, if you're going to actually be greenlighting this as a studio executive, would you have green-lighted this one? Not seeing it, not knowing anything. Obviously, you're going to pitch it, but would you have green-lighted this? Uh, my guess is no, man. It seems like such a weird concept. It's got to have like a, a really small target audience. 
men between the age of 20 and 40 like you and I, you know, women aren't going to love this. I probably would not have greenlit it. I, I agree with you. It would just be like, what? And they, and then they're aliens, but they're French aliens? Like, how, <laughs> how is it? How are they Well, French that's the aliens? kind of thing you do not tell the studio exec. You, do, exactly. you just say, Betty's the bad guy and we beat him at the end. You leave that out of your elevator pitch. <laughs> you know? So I was looking at the box office. And so it was shot in... Um, USA, Hong Kong, and Taiwan. Obviously, you had the old, you know, 1976 stuff. But anyways, it was done in 2002, and the budget was 10 million dollars. The opening weekend, it made seven million dollars on the opening weekend, which is dumbfounding to me. That's a lot of money. I think they put a lot of marketing into it. And I think, did we go see it, or did we watch it on DVD or no, tape? No, we didn't. When I was working at Tahoe Joe's, which for everybody listening, it's Tahoe Joe's famous steakhouse. It's a brand here out in California. Dusty and I both worked at it. But later, years later, after Dusty had left and I was still working there, one of my employees came and told me about this awesome movie. I watched it, and then I turned you on to it. That's what it was. Got it. So the first opening weekend was $7 million. So it almost made its money back in the opening weekend. But it says in 2002, updated 2002, the gross USA was $16 million. So they made their money back, which is good, not including um, marketing and all that sort of stuff that they have to pay for. But um, yeah, I mean... It seems like they made money, but at the same time, I think it's turning into a cult classic, at least in my opinion. Like, it's it's hilarious, but um, you don't see too many people talking about it. Like, they're not trying to push it at all. It's just a really fun movie to go back and watch. 100%. Now, um, recently, uh, you know, uh, movies come – they get re-released in theaters all the time. Like, I went to go see Die Hard again. I went to see Transformers the movie again when it came out for just a weekend. If this movie came out in theaters, I guarantee I'd be taking me and the boys. Denise would not want to go, but me and the boys are going for sure. Yeah, all of my kids loved it. Obviously, when you see the, the opening scene, got my kids. Like, they were hooked when they see the baby flipping around, kicking the butt of uh, Master or yeah, Master Betty. You know, they, they just loved that. So I would probably have to take them too because it was they they laughed throughout the entire thing. Some parts are like, oh, that's weird. Like, what's going on? Like, the... the for the French aliens, like that's just where did that come from? And then the tongue shoots out. I was like, what is that? Yeah, it's and all that kind of stuff. I just I'm down with it. All that weird humor that comes out of nowhere. I've always I've always loved it. Denise, my wife, um, you know her. She's all about it's funny. She's all about like really raunchy, dirty kind of humor. Like she loves movies like Bad Moms or I, I just can't think of, you know, Bad Moms is a perfect example of dirty, raunchy humor. She's down for that kind of stuff. But this goofy, corny stuff, which I am all about, she's not really there. Absolutely. What, what's wrong with her? I mean, she's. I don't know weird. what's wrong with her, man. <laughs> I'm trying to train her, but she's just untrainable. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, it's just, it's so, um, not unbelievable, just so wacky that it makes it so much fun. Now, I wanted to ask you, how would you think, like, the main chosen one, his job, not job, but like what sets him apart is the, is tonguey. It's the face. It's the mouth that he has to feed on his tongue. Who thinks of something like that? And like, how do you come up with something like that? I don't know, man. That's a really, that's a really good question. I have no idea how you come up with that. I mean, Steve Odekirk, just a comedic genius. My guess is he's been writing and been a part of a part of comedic movies and comedic writing and maybe acting for a long time. I mean, you're probably just goofing around with your friends and just talking stuff. And that idea came up and he just spun it off into a movie. Absolutely. It's not something the, I would come up with. That's for sure. 
No, I'm not creative. And I've said this many, many times and I, I own that. I am absolutely not creative. Now, if you give me a good idea that is a moneymaker, I will run with it. I'll make money from it. Like that's, I just, you know, copy things and I make sure that it runs well. That's just how I roll, but I'm not creative. And it kind of gives you the idea of like, you know, a lot of businesses in, if somebody comes up with an idea, they create an invention, that type of personality that can create that isn't the best one to take that forward, to make it a big business. I'm not the inventor. I'm the guy that creates the business and makes it a success. And so when you have to create comedy and writing and all that sort of stuff, I am not creative. So I could not come up with anything close to this. I just know when it's funny. I'm like, man, that's just funny. Good job on that. True that. And, you know, two things that you just mentioned, um, or no, I'm sorry. Uh, uh, one thing that just to spin off of what you just mentioned or what you just asked Maybe he watched Steve Odekirk, the guy who wrote and directed this movie. Maybe he watched Ace Ventura 1 and saw Ace Ventura talking out his butt and said, oh, what if he's talking about out of his other hole and it's his tongue talking (laughs) instead of his mouth? Yeah, yeah. That would be like, he's not using his mouth, but his mouth is doing the talk. Yeah. And then the tongue being extra long, grabbing the tri or the, the pyramid. Like, and the, the, and the French have pyramids as aliens fly. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, uh, if you watch the movie, right, there's those old shots, not old shots, but the prior movie had Betty with those little, uh, pyramids Triangle on thing. his yeah. chest. Right. So like Steve Odekirk probably had to come up with some way to explain those pyramids. And that was his explanation, which is a pretty darn creative explanation for them. That is very, very creative. Now, I wanted to bring up the, oh, I was told not to go through the meadow. Don't go through the meadow. Why? Oh, there's a cow that's going to fight you. <laughs> you know, fisticuffs. I, the kids loved absolutely loved that scene and it was pretty cool they did a really decent job with having it be cg and have the cow actually do the fighting but what was rather interesting you had a female cow that had udders and that was shooting out milk which was funny but it had horns like a bull and so i was like that's just not normal but other than that it was fun yeah for sure it was fun and then matrixing uh yes you dodging the milk good stuff and we talked about because we did the Matrix recently or a few few episodes ago, and we mentioned the scene where it's kind of like Matrix type of shot where this camera spins all around and it shows somebody pausing in midair, or the you know where Neo flip, flips back and the bullets are flying. Like they you you easily can tell they stole the, everything, not all that stuff from the Matrix, which is great because it oh look at they're doing the Matrix and it looks really fun. Yeah, for sure they did. But I bet you because, like you would say, this is a $10 million budget movie. I bet you they did it on the cheap and he was just moving in slow motion while they actually took the camera and spun it around him. You know, they didn't get 50 cameras for that shot. Oh, I wouldn't doubt that. There's plenty of ways you can actually do that without, you know, using getting a whole setup. It's not going to look as fantastic, but you can absolutely pull it off. And it's good enough for a comedy movie like this, you know. Yes, absolutely. You know, what's interesting is I don't really know much about Steve Odekirk. My guess is he totally buffed up for this movie, right? Did a ton of training. We see him using nunchucks at one point, and he seems like he's probably confident in punching and kicking and stuff. I mean, I think he did a lot of work for this movie is my guess. 
I would agree. I mean, he definitely definitely looks uh, much more ripped than I would imagine him to be just in general. But yeah, he definitely pulled it off as far as looking the part. Now his hair, he had to have that crazy hair because that's what the other character had in the other movie, the old 1976 movie. He had to have this big wig that kind of blocks his face. So it's, you can from behind, it doesn't look like anything else. But yeah, it was he did a good job. For sure. He did. What about when, when his, uh, when master Tang was, um, uh, I guess coaching his students and his students said, one of us is wearing a push-up bra. It's lacy and cute. <laughs> it's funny stuff, man. Who, I mean, like I never would have thought of anything like that. It's just out of nowhere. It's just ugh, crazy. Vodakirk for you. Yeah. And then at the end, trying to figure out how to take off those diamonds off of his chest. And he realizes that if he goes for both, he's going to get hit in the abs or, you know, the stomach, but he realizes I can use And What is so funny? Like in the middle, it's like they put just a camera pointing upside down with nuts around it. So a squirrel can run down the tree and actually get a shot of the squirrel. And so they did that. It looked horrible. Like the, the footage looked horrible, but then he uses a squirrel and then feeds it to block the, the punch that goes into his stomach. And then it's a handprint on the squirrel and the squirrel goes away with nuts. Like just like, that's just funny. Like, how would you not just get like a pad or get something there? I know it is so good, but you left out the most important part when you went to the shopkeeper and asked for a pound of nuts. And the shopkeeper that's a lot of goes, nuts. That's a lot of nuts. <laughs> Funniest and line. That that is my favorite line of the movie. And the way it said, "That's a lot of nuts." Like really, really loud. And then. The same, like that, that was, that guy was in the 1976, uh, version or 1976, uh, movie. And so when you see him kind of walking out and, or the chosen one walking out and that, that same guy, that's a lot of nuts guy walks out and like kind of looks out the door. You can tell, tell what's he thinking, but then they put a fake phone, like it make it looks like he's talking on a phone and they said, Hey, he's leaving now or something like that. His same voice. Oh, I absolutely. There, there's a ton of those visual gags like that. Like in the very beginning, um, they're using a butane lighter to light the torch or uh, to light that house on fire. Gopher chucks. He's exercising at one point with a bow flex. I mean, this is supposed to be like the 1400s or whatever. You know what I mean? And they pull up all of those visual gags. I love that aspect of the movie too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, just all a lot of the. Like visually, it's funny, but what really adds to it is the voiceover and the dubbing. Like Master Tang saying something like to, um, I think it's probably to, um, uh, who was the other guy? Um, Wimplo? Wimplo, yeah, sorry. He said, saying to Wimplo, no, he would kill you like a small dog. Let your anger be as a monkey in a pinata. Hi- oh, no, he's saying this to, <laughs> no, he's saying this to, uh, um, yeah, I believe it's Wimplo, but he's, yeah, make it be like a monkey hiding in a piada, hiding amongst the candy, hoping the kids don't break through with the stick. I'm like, <laughs> It is so funny, so creative. You're 100% spot on about that. Oh, I, so I just look at the uh, quotes and it brings me back to what the movie and how funny the movie actually was when you really, really think about it. Um, just brilliant. Everything about it is very brilliant. And for us, like our wives would say, no, that's just the dumbest thing. Who would ever want to watch that? And like I would. And like where Master Tank says, prepare the long rubber, blo- rubber glove. And 
Oh, eeny, meeny, miny, mo. I wonder where my glove will go. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh my goodness. Oh man, it's it's great that I I really think that um Steve Odekirk and everybody else everybody else involved with the movie they knew who their audience was and they were unapologetic. They knew the kind of movie they were making, and that's what makes it such a good movie. You know, it's not like they're trying to be two different things appeasing two or three different types of audiences. No, they specifically targeted guys like you and me and they hit the nail on the head absolutely now let me ask you with this movie there's really hard to find a monday morning quarterback in my opinion i mean there's there's obviously things in there but i have one but what is your monday morning quarterback Betty, towards the end, he should not have taunted the chosen one with the little booties, right? He would have been better off just finishing him off right then and there. Taunting somebody just gets them mad, brings them back into the fight. That's a good point. You know, whenever I'm about to get ready to kill somebody, I never taunt him. So yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you got to be like Brad and Taken, you know? I mean, as soon as the guy starts talking, just pull the trigger and shoot him, you know? No need to taunt. No need to gloat. You have a goal. Go for that goal. Awesome. So my Monday morning quarterback is going to be get a gun. Like, why am I going to be fighting somebody, you know, hand to hand? I'm just going to get a gun and shoot the dude. And, you know, sticks aren't going to hurt him. But if you shoot a bullet through him, that's absolutely going to hurt him. Nice. I like it. I like it. Uh, So let's go, go ahead and get to lessons right now. What is your first lesson? So it's really hard to come up, in my opinion, for me, it was hard to come up with lessons that aren't funny, um, that aren't like slapsticky. But um, the first one is never fight a baby. You you will lose. It's a lose-lose situation every way. Even if you win, it's a lose-lose. And if, if he beats you, it's a lose-lose. So never fight a baby. You're right about that. If you lose to a baby, you are the biggest loser in the world. Everyone will make fun of you forever. Exactly. And the fact that you beat up a baby means that you're just a total douche and nobody should be friends with you. Absolutely. Yeah, you're right about that. It is lose-lose. My first lesson is ask and ye shall receive. And Master Tang, he just changes his mind as soon as the chosen one says, Master Tang, I I employ you to help us. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Nice and simple. (laughs) Seriously, just ask, man. The worst they can do is say no. (laughs) That's great. Okay. That was, there was two times, I think, there was somebody else in the movie um, did the same thing. Like, okay, uh, you know, like, I implore you not to do this. That was one. And there was another one. I can't remember when it was. But uh, yep. so my number two, or second lesson is rodents are disposable. So absolutely rodents are disposable. Use them however they need, you need to. Oh, nice. Yeah, feed them to your snake. There you go. Absolutely. Feed them to your kids. Uh, there you go. <laughs> hey, them bushy-tailed gray squirrels, them's, them's good eating. That's what I've heard. That's what I've heard. All right. So my second lesson is always pay attention to your surroundings. And I love it when Betty and his gang are walking into the town and he's they're beating up some people, but then some <laughs> random stupid villager goes, hey guys, how's it going? He keeps walking towards the bad guys. No, he doesn't say, how's it going? He says, hey guys, what's going on? As he, they're literally beating up people with sticks. Hey guys, That's what's going what he on? Said, what's going on? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pay attention, buddy. Come on. You should have turned down an alleyway already. Yeah. And yeah. so that's an easy exploit in the 1976 movie where it's like, that just doesn't fit. Why would somebody continue walking down right between everybody? <laughs> hey, guys, what's going on? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like he's immune to the beatings. Yeah. Okay. My number three is fighting to music is the only way to go. And I learned this also from Guardians of the Galaxy. When you're going to do a job, you're going to fight somebody, get some tunes going so you can listen to tunes while you work. 
Totally. I love that lesson. You're right about that. I mean, just in my normal work is, you know, I'm listening to music all day long. But if my job was to beat up suckas, yes, I am playing music all day. There you go. <laughs> yep. Some Ram Jam for sure. All right. So my third lesson is stay away from psycho hose beasts like <laughs> Ling. I mean, that chick is crazy, lighting your hands on fire, throwing salt on your wounds. I mean, she's she's just crazy. Sure, maybe she's good looking and all, and maybe, you know, she's fun out on a date or something. But man, a chick like that, uh, stay away. So I think that's a great lesson. Now, what or what movie did you first hear Psycho Hose Beast or that term Psycho Hose Beast? Well, that was Wayne's World, of course. Absolutely good. I'm glad you remember because that I remember. Like, I've used that term plenty of times growing up, or you know, when we were younger. But I was like, I, I had to remember where it was. And yes, absolutely, Wayne's World. Yeah, I think that's the as far as I know, the only place that's ever used it. You know. Yes, absolutely. Cool. cool. I mean, so, did we get to your third lesson? Yes, we already did. Now, what was your favorite scene in the movie? Okay, my favorite. I oh my. I, I I literally laughed out loud 30 times throughout the movie. Even after watching it, this might be my 20th time watching it, still laughing out loud. But my favorite just overall scene is planning the fight between him and Betty when he's talking with Link, right? When you, you see the different ways he's going to come in and attack and he gets kicked in his small, delicate balls, Sets you know what balls, I mean? But yeah. she keeps saying, you should be able to beat him now! <laughs> and then it, it ends with the whole, that's a lot of nuts. I, that's my favorite scene. That's great. Yeah, <laughs> then it leaves my small, sensitive balls out in the open or something that's like right. that. That's right. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Uh, okay, that's a good one. My favorite is they're beating a dead horse with this, but it's the camera zoom zoom fight scene where you have him versus like the, all the bad guys in the open field with the ocean behind him, and it's going jing 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 back and forth so many times. I just love that. At first, I'm like, that's funny. Oh wait, they're still going. That's even more funny. It's funny. They keep doing it. <laughs> Hundred percent, I agree with you. That is a great scene. I absolutely loved it, and it's a good way to start the movie because if you can, if you watch that scene and hate it, yeah, totally turn off the movie. But if you watch it and like it, the rest of the movie is perfect for you. Yes, absolutely. I mean, if you can get past the baby flipping and peeing on somebody and kicking somebody's butt, if you can get past that, and you can get past the jing 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 scene, you're gonna love it. Yeah, for sure. So, you know, it's pretty obvious. My grade for this is an A+. Wow, A+. Plus. It, we made the plus category. Okay, that's a great grade. I gave it an A-, minus just because it was only like an hour and 10 minutes long. And it wasn't... I, obviously, they've got a lot to work... Or they don't have that much to work with. And they have a lot to do trying to use an old movie and all that sort of stuff. I think as I watched it again, I was like, man, plot and story was like zero. And so if there was a little bit more, they could develop that a little better, I would bump it up. But because I laughed so much, definitely an A-. minus. I see what you're saying. And you know something interesting? Since you and I started doing this podcast over a year ago, I am starting to appreciate shorter movies more because I love watching movies and then talking about them with you afterwards. But if the movie is two and a half hours long and then I spend 30 minutes thinking about it, typing out my life lessons and stuff, and then an hour recording it with you, that's a ton of time taken up with one movie. The fact that this is less than an hour and a half long, I've seen it 20 <laughs> times and I love it. And then you and I can talk about it, you know, and, and cover all the funny stuff again in a pretty short time. That makes me enjoy the movie overall a little bit more. Does that make sense? It sure does. It, it absolutely does. So I get what you're saying. Yeah, you and I, ahead of this movie, we had thought about 
It Part 2 is coming out in theaters soon. Should we do It 1 and It Part 2? And I told you, hey, It Part 1 is like two hours and 20 minutes. And you and I both said, no, thank you. No, thank you. And it's so long in it's suspenseful and scary and all that sort of stuff. And I watched the Part 1. But like, I really don't want to watch Part 2. I mean, I, I get it. It's It picks up with, um uh what's that? clown's name pin no pennywise pennywise yeah it picks up which is we i don't know what happens after like what's the second park like that's gonna be pretty neat i might watch it eventually just if it's free or something but i definitely don't think i want to do a podcast show on it there's so many other better movies that we could enjoy like i feel like we'd be like talking like this throughout the movie or this you know kung pao we're talking and we're excited we're having fun and that's what i'd rather do with the podcast exactly man i mean just just to name a few pulp fiction um, Starship Troopers, Con Air. There are so many more fun movies probably than It and It too. Yeah, I, I completely agree. So, and obviously we want to do new movies, which is great. But when there's nothing out there, we still want to be able to t- talk about movies and enjoy them and share them with you, with everybody listening. And so we pick ones that we like. Totally. That's what we're all about, man. I mean, if if any audience members ever tell us, you know, hey, we want to hear you talk about this. Great. We'll definitely consider it. But you're right about that. That's what keeps us going on this whole podcast is because you and I are talking about things we like. And, and so, like, if you think about it, um, you and I are never going to talk about a movie like The Notebook because, for one, I've never seen it. For two, you don't even want to see it. Your life mission is to never see it. So for the most part, I would think if we actually went back and categorized all the movies and actually uh, like, uh, you know, kept track of the movies that we watch, we probably give most of the movies that we talk about in this podcast, we probably give them an A like 90% of the times or greater. What do you think? Uh, either B or an A. Usually we, we land somewhere. B, a, a, you and I, we we tend to be a little more reserved in giving out an A because that's one that we're like, man, we watch it over and over again. But definitely in a B and above. Um, if, now, we only go watch the movies that we want to watch. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. I remember you and I talked about doing The Rocketeer a while ago. And I started watching The Rocketeer, and I got halfway through it. I'm like, man, you know, when we were young, it was fantastic. The Rocketeer was a great movie, and we were kind of reminiscing and thinking, let's go ahead and do it. I watched 20, like not 20, I watched half of it. And I'm like, you know what? I, I'm kind of tired. I'm going to go to bed now. I don't really want to watch it. And then you talked to me the next day and said, you know, what? did you actually watch all of it or, or not? Yes, I forced myself to watch it all. I was bored off of my butt the entire time, and I'm glad we did not do an episode on it because I would have given it a D at least. Yeah, so we don't just willy-nilly do the show. I mean, we, we really think about it. We talk it out, and we try to make sure that we're doing good things for our audience because we want to enjoy what we're doing, and that's the reason why we do it. Like, you know, if, if the, the show takes off and people really, really enjoy the show, then that's great. I'm glad you guys enjoy it, but you and I, we do it because we love to talk about movies. We love to talk together, and we, we you know, with us being 600 miles out or apart, this is a great for us way for us to get together. So we're we're doing the ones that we want to do. Absolutely. And is that the distance between um, where you are in Arizona and me here in Fresno? Yeah, 600 miles. Cool beans. So, Dust, before we conclude this puppy, anything we failed to mention? No. Oh, yes. What is your favorite prop? Oh, geez. Betty's Claws. Oh, that's a good one. I didn't think of that one. Absolutely. Then what is yours? So the body plug. I need to have that body plug. <laughs> <laughs> body plug. That no. virtual body body plug. No, I'm just kidding. But those claws are brilliant. I would want that. The other one, the one that I thought of was in both movies, the 1976 movie and this one as well, is that triangle 
medallion pin or whatever. Um, not the one that's on his body, but the one that is like a circle with a, or the three triangles all put together, something like that. You can remember, but those claws, you know, I take that back. It's the claws. Those are brilliant. I got you. You know, at one point, the guy who lost his body plug was actually swinging it around on a chain. Do you remember? Was that like an actual physical prop or was that maybe a CG prop? Oh, CG. Because if it was physical, then there's your prop right there for sure. Yes. Yes, absolutely. And I, <laughs> when you go, how do you find Betty, Master Betty? How do you find him? Oh, he's usually hanging around on a waterfall swinging a chain. And he just up there, swinging a chain, swinging a chain. <laughs> <laughs> that's so good exactly man cool beans so dust this movie was your choice and coming out in theaters really soon is part three in i guess it's a trilogy i had no idea they were making this movie the last time i went to the theaters i saw a poster for this it's called angel has fallen and i'm really looking forward to it i have no idea what this movie is about but the fact that it's part three in this trilogy that i already love i want to go see it Yes, let's do it. I love Gerard Depardieu. I think he's great. He is great, man. So I'm super looking forward to this one. Well, thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend because sharing is caring, right? Well, of course, you know how we feel about Kung Pao Enter the Fist. We definitely want to hear your thoughts. So go to watchandlearnpodcast.com slash pod 64 and leave a comment with maybe life lessons that you took away, your own Monday morning quarterback, or the prop that you would choose over the props that we chose. Alrighty then, my name was Sky. And I'm Dusty. And we will return next week with... Angel has fallen. Mm-hmm.